0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Father, we thank you for your mighty and holy word thank you that you breathed it by your spirit, you preserved it by your sovereign hand. We pray you would open our hearts to receive that word today, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is session seven, we're on the status and benefits of those who are in Christ. We're winding down here today, or maybe one more session, and I want to um, give thanks to uh, Debbie LeCroix back there. Um, She and Dr. Scott are so wonderful to drive all the way from Pleasant Grove over here every Sunday, and uh, she has taken all these notes and summarized and edited and uh, provided um, emphasis uh, to all of these messages, and uh, we'll... Have it in a written essay-like kind of form here pretty soon, so that you'll be able to be able to read this and study it in depth. Like I was telling uh, Debbie this morning, this is a deep teaching. You can't get this in just a few minutes. On so you gotta you gotta take pains with this. You gotta look it up in the Word of God and pray over it uh, to get the depth of it. And uh, Debbie, I appreciate you doing that, and I will be concluding this here in the next couple of weeks. Next Sunday is our favorite Sunday of the year, time change Sunday, yes, oh, our favorite Sunday of the year, be sure and be here, you know, we're going to have a special service next Sunday, something very, very special is going to take place Right here and we're going to be baptizing new believers uh, next Sunday, several of them and that is going to be a beautiful thing. you don't think that can happen right here you just you just don't know this is going to be very very special next Sunday. look forward to you being there. Romans chapter eight there is therefore now no condemnation. Everybody say me because I am in Christ Jesus and I don't walk according to the flesh that is under the influence and control of who I used to be, but according to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who's now come to live on the inside of me. I've been baptized into, I've been placed into the very body of Christ by the Spirit of God in Christ. For the law of the Spirit has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law couldn't do, that is the standard of righteousness, couldn't do in that it was weak because of my own flesh. God did it. He sent his own son. He did what I could never do. He broke the power of the flesh. I couldn't do it. God did it on my behalf. He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He took on in his own body my sin and yours. He condemned. He broke the power of sin in my flesh. I don't have to sin anymore. I don't have any excuse for it. He's broken its power so that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who don't walk under the influence of our old flesh, its way of thinking, speaking, and behaving, but we walk according to, under the influence of the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Skip down there, please. Verse uh, 9. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. And if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, and he is, The body is dead, that is, because it carries sin, because of sin, but the spirit is life because it is God's righteousness in you in Christ Jesus. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your Mortal body, the one you have right now. The very life, the the resurrected Jesus will give life to your mortal body. You don't have to wait to heaven for to have the life of Jesus. He is indwelling you. The resurrected Christ lives in your mortal body. Wow, he dwells in you. We go farther, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit, if by the Spirit, not your own power, not your own will, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led By the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. You didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You received the spirit of adoption, the beautiful adoption being born. You were chosen by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God. Enjoyed heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we've been talking about there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why is that? Romans 5 1 says, therefore, having been justified. Declared not guilty through faith in Christ Jesus who also who also gave us access into this grace in which we stand. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made him Jesus who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, we have and we talked about at length, we had the circles of the threefold person, uh, body, soul, and spirit. We talked about that in depth over the last three times we've met. And we found out that in our mind, which is part of our soul, there can be strongholds. We talked about how those are pockets of resistance. There are rooms in our spiritual person in the realm of our mind that don't allow the lordship of jesus to have full control there are rooms where we push back against the lord coming in and having his way we talked about pride and anger and fear and greed and lust and um, anger and malice and all kind of things that resist the spirit of god and the lordship of jesus We talked about how the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God for the pulling down of those strongholds. And I want to go back here to this verse uh, there in 13. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. How do you do that by the Spirit? Remember what we said. Remember what God says about who you are. Remember who God says you are. Um. You're his righteousness in Christ Jesus. You're more than a conqueror through him who loves you. You remember what God says. You renounce by your mouth those strongholds and their past authority over you. You you declare out of your faith, out of your spirit, you declare with your mouth what the word says is the truth. And then you reinforce that truth. You reinforce it by prayer, worship, the word of God, what you're doing right now, gathering together with other believers. You reinforce it by admitting that you have a need. That's not weakness. That's strength. Let me say this for the thousandth time. You're not going to succeed by yourself. No, you're not going to succeed by yourself. You're going to need assistance from somebody else in the body that God has designed and equipped to help you, to counsel you, to encourage you, to intercede for you. You're not going to succeed by yourself. Besides that, when you get isolated, you become very attractive to the devil. Um, so we... Um, we put to death the deeds of the flesh as we walk by the Spirit. And then, then verse um, 16 the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if you're a child of God, you're an heir of everything that God has provided for you. All the gifts of the Spirit. Next time, we're going to study uh, Ephesians 1 3 through 7. What God has chosen to bless you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. See, we're going starting next week from who you are in Christ to what you have in Christ. And what you have is hooked up to who you are. They're not you can't separate them. And so we 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 got a we got more good things to come as we study. We are heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. Um, Do you have a a joint bank account with somebody? Um, See, you may think um, that half of that belongs to her. And half of that belongs... To you a joint account means it all belongs to her and it all belongs to you so when the Word of God says that you are now in Christ Jesus a joint heir with Jesus Christ that means everything that's in his account has been given to you can you say hallelujah that's a powerful word right there, Brother Joe. A joint air with Jesus Christ. If indeed we suffer Him with him. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, we, we tend to think that suffering means when something hurtful comes from outside. See, I'm not going to really experience all God's fullness unless I am willing to to suffer unrighteously. Jesus suffered and he never committed an act of unrighteousness. If we suffer with him, what we're doing is sharing with Jesus what hurts his heart. What hurts his heart? Well, What hurts the heart of God? Deception, out-of-control anger, lust, greed, pride, shame. I mean, we can go right down the list. But if we're willing to suffer from the outside something that we weren't responsible for, then we get to enjoy, in a more intimate way, being heirs and joint heirs. But suffering doesn't always come from outside. Sometimes it comes from inside. Do you know that it's suffering sometimes to resist on the inside our own flesh? That gets tough. It gets tough. To resist and to lay aside our own desires gets hard. Um, some remember the Bible says that Jesus resisted sin even to the shedding of blood. He was suffering he hadn't committed a single sin, but he was suffering the resistance to take care of his own comfort instead of paying for mine and your salvation. So we get to enjoy the benefits of knowing the Lord even when we are suffering on his behalf. And suffering on his behalf means our willingness to draw a more intimate place with him when somebody on the outside hurts us or where it's such a struggle on the inside that it, it raises to the level of suffering. But look what happens. When we suffer with him, As his child, his heir, his joint heir, we're going to be glorified together. Do you know that part of this issue and this pain that you're going through right now, God's working on something and deepening your level to experience his glory. His glory is the manifestation of his presence. His power, a deeper level. Of really beginning to grasp the love of God. The glory comes with righteous suffering. That's not popular preaching. How many of you know sometimes when you pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and, pray and, pray and pray on behalf of somebody else and you're not seeing the result that you prayed for on behalf of somebody else do you know that that investment you made is never is never wasted so you prayed all those years and you didn't see what you were praying for no but something was going on in the inside of me when I didn't see what was going on on the outside that I wanted, something was still going on on the inside of me. God was working on something that is eternal, not temporal. Now, the spirit of truth Bears witness in our spirit and keeps on telling us the truth. In fact, let's let's look at that uh, quickly again in John John sixteen, John sixteen, verse thirteen. Jesus said in verse twelve, "I have many things to say to you, but you can't hear, bear them right now." Uh oh, did you go to school on that? Sometimes when you're trying to share with somebody what, how you really feel and what you want them to get, sometimes you need to wait a while because they can't uh, they can't bear to hear what you're about to say. Do you know there's a time? that we just need to learn to listen to the Spirit because Jesus even said, I got a whole lot to tell you, but I can't tell you now because you can't hear it. You can't bear it. However, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, when he has come, he will guide you into all the truth. He won't beat you up and make you get in line. He will guide you into all the truth. He won't speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears from me, Jesus said, he he will speak. He will tell you things to come. Everything that the Father has are mine, and therefore I told you the Holy Spirit of truth will take what is mine and declare it to you. See, you're an heir of God and a joint heir of Christ. Well, So who we are in Christ, we're heirs and joint heirs, but as wonderful as that is, and God give us greater and greater revelation of it, don't forget that the reason you're born physically and the reason you're born spiritually is to glorify God. Every one of us have a purpose in a ministry, and you can sum it all up, to glorify God. We need to get to the point to where every day we say, Father, glorify yourself in me today. Glorify yourself. I submit my schedule. I submit every um, person that you'll bring into my life. I submit every detail of this day for you to receive glory. When you write checks, can you give the Lord glory for the fact that he's provided every good and perfect gift that you've got? When you honor the Lord with his tithe, the top 10% of everything he gives you, the Bible says it's holy. Can you go to God and say, Lord, I'm just glorifying you with this today? One of the greatest things that we do as your pastors when finances come in, we, we take in whatever it is and we pray over anything that comes in electronically. God knows it. Over every check. And I go before the throne of heaven and say, Jesus, you're the high priest in heaven. And the Bible says in Hebrews that you receive tithes in heaven. So I ask you to receive these gifts from these people. I ask you to receive them and be blessed by them. I glorify you with them. And I ask you to return Mighty blessing to these who have honored you with their gifts. Every detail, are you glorifying God? Are you glorifying God with the way you keep your house? With the way you speak to each other? Do we get, Lord, help us to submit to our mission of bringing glory to you. Glory to you. We're born to glorify God and we're born to love. I want you to turn with me uh, to John again in verse uh, chapter 13. John chapter 13. Verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to Jesus speaking that you love one another as in the same way that I've loved you. Does Jesus put any conditions on the way he loves you? I want you to love one another in the same way that I have loved you, that you love one another. And by this, all will know that you're truly my disciples, my disciplined ones, if you have love for one another. See, Jesus said that the way people will know that you've got the real deal is not by how much you know. It's by how much you love. It's not by how much you give, but how much you love. The way people are going to really know that you belong to me, you come under, you're my disciple, is by the love you have for each other. And love is not some syrupy feeling Love is a is the mightiest force in the world. It is a powerful spiritual force. It provides motivation. It provides love. It provides forgiveness. It provides provision. The love of God, let me just put it like this. Are you ready for this one? There is no brokenness in me or you that can't be healed by the love of God. The love of God can heal any and everything broken. God give us greater revelation of that love. Not just information that it's there, but revelation that it's ours. I said not just information that it's there, but revelation that it's ours, poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The problem is I don't have the is not that I don't have the love. The problem is I don't connect with it. The love of God. We're born to love. 1 John four sixteen says, God is love. I can't please the Lord if I don't by faith lay hold of the love of God. Yeah, even for those you get mad at on the media. Have you asked the Lord by faith to give you love for them and pray for them? that didn't mean you accept everything that they say or do everything look uh, we're fixing to get there Uh, you're a citizen of another kingdom and when this kingdom this world system that we all live in goes contrary to the kingdom you got to choose to walk in the kingdom and uh, the the mind of the kingdom praise the Lord praise the Lord that who we are in Christ, we're an heir and a joint heir, but we are a citizen of the kingdom. Colossians one thirteen says that we, that, that the kingdom of God is where we belong. That's where we live and where we have status. You say, well, I don't know about that, Pastor. I mean, I mean, I can, I've got rights as a citizen on the earth and um, I can cast votes and I can do pardon my English that ain't nothing compared to the access to the very throne of heaven that you have as a citizen of the kingdom of God Amen a citizen of the kingdom Philippians 3 20 turn there with me I want you to see this Philippians 3:20 now you want to talk about um, <laughs> something exciting here Philippians 3:20 our are you there our citizenship is in heaven do we live like that? Do we live like what's going on down here is the all, be all, in all? our citizenship, the real us, is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, that is, the body like his resurrection. Our citizenship is in heaven. how, How great is that? Well, Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. All authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus said, has been given unto me. And he also said that, I mean, whatsoever you bind on the earth has been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth has been loosed in heaven. That's kingdom authority. Prayed for in line with the word and the desires of God. We operate in the king's authority. How do we do that? Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things, and he was talking about temporal needs that we have, will be added to you. Seek first, make seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness what we pursue, and he will make sure that what we need will be supplied. Are you in a hard place today? Does it look like disaster? Seek first God's. Let me give you the best definition of the kingdom of God I've ever heard. Are you ready? The kingdom of God simply means God's way of doing things. See, God's way of doing things is radically different than the way the world does the world says if you if you want to get power you got to overcome other people jesus said i say unto you <clears throat> love your enemies pray for those who are coming against you The world says, if you want to get anywhere in this world, you got to get all you can, put a lid on it, and just hope you survive. <laughs> the kingdom says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall be yours. It's radically different. Seek first passionately, first the kingdom of God. If we put God's way of doing things first, then the things that we need to operate on this earth will be granted out of his love. Well, we'll look next time in not just who we are, but what we have. But don't forget the take today. Today. Of just how awesome it is that you've been born again by God's grace, that you are an heir and a joint heir, a kingdom citizen. I want you to do something with me. Praise team, come up here. <laughs> Thank y'all for singing those some uh, a couple of great old hymns today. I just get hungry to hear some great old hymns sometimes. They do something for me. Anybody else with me? I want to sing Blessed Assurance. Everybody stand up. And I want you to give the Lord glory and honor and praise that He's made you a citizen of the kingdom, an heir and a joint heir. Sing it together. Hallelujah. Been looking forward to this.